Hi everyone, I'm Andy. And I'm Angela. And welcome to The Magistream, a podcast for Majestins by Majestins. Note that the podcast The Magistream is not to be confused with the in-game Magistream, a wave of living magic that refreshes a Majestin's health and abilities at sunrise. On this episode of The Magistream, we'll talk about your character's pasts, we're going to sneak into the Evernight to learn more about the Ashenide, we're going to hear Ryben answer some of your pressing questions, and talk about some of the lifeblood of our game, our NPCs. NPCs. People don't understand it. Say I'm too old to believe in magic. Your only limit is what you can imagine. So come and listen, la 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 la. You're still dreaming of your last plot. After game ends, do you feel lost? Are you worried we forgot you? Introducing the magistrate. Come ask Ryben anything. Be your bridge between the games. People don't understand it. Say I'm too old to believe in magic. The only limit is what you can imagine. So come and listen, la 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 la. So come and listen, la 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 la. So, Angela. Yeah. I have a bit of a problem. I'm wondering if you've been experiencing it too. Yeah. Of people say, oh, I really like the last episode of the podcast. And I'm like... Okay, which one was that? Because we record, <laughs> we record an episode, and then like we'll we'll plan and sometimes even record the next episode, and we might have like two episodes that we've recorded that haven't been released that, that haven't been released yet, <laughs> and then another one that's after that that's like planned out a little bit. So, yeah. so like people are like, oh, I really love that last episode. I'm like, oh, great. What was it about? Yeah, and then trying like for folks who are listening, like this is the second episode we've recorded in three game or in three days. So yeah, yeah, pretty much. We're both like, wait, what episode is this? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I've definitely got, been like, feeling we got that Google too. Doc for each episode, and I've got like three or four of them open. I'm like, wait, which one are we doing now? <laughs> yeah, and we have one or two. We have like two planned out halfway for like the future. Yeah, yeah. it's just a little crazy. And then I'm, one episode we had to do, re-record. And we're, yeah. we're just talking before with the mic turned on. Like, wait, did we talk about this thing on the episode, or did we turn it, or did we not? Would you talk about it before or after an episode, or did we talk about it on the episode that was recorded, but then we lost the recording? Who kn- who knows? Yeah. So but this any- is, who knows where we are? You're with us on yeah. a magical journey right now. <laughs> yep. And you could be listening to this, you know, like the day it comes out, you could be listening to it six months down the road. So who, who, who knows when, when you travel. are, who knows when we are. T- time is an illusion. <laughs> well, that but said, welcome to the podcast. Case, yeah. <laughs> Our first segment um, that we're actually going to talk about stuff with is uh, LARP uh, theory. And we're going to talk about character backstories. Uh, first of all, Why? Why do a character backstory? Well, before we get to that, I do want to mention very briefly that one of our players, uh, Kaza Ayersman, who is better known on the interwebs as LARP Girl, does have a video about this, uh, about writing character histories and stuff like that um, online. You can find it on her YouTube channel. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to find it for right now, but we will put a link to it um, in our show notes so that you can kind of go there. And she has some really great ideas about uh, backstories and stuff like that. Sure. But more to your question, why write one? Why did you write a backstory, Andy? I I love writing backstories. Me too. Um, I'll tell I, you about my horror story after you're done. <laughs> I, I think it's important to have an idea of who the character is. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's important to include other ways that the character can... Um, can become involved in, in, in the story and other people's stories. You want to give the people writing it hooks, things that uh, other characters that your, your character interacts with. We were um, talking on Facebook with uh, a couple other Magister people, mm-hmm. and Cutler posted something, and um, Adam Wembo was talking about it too, like about uh, backstories and um, orphans. Like most of the time, like, <laughs> like when people first start role-playing, 
you know, they're like, I want to, you know, they do this thing that a lot of kids do is I'm, we're, let's pretend our parents are dead and we're in charge <laughs> and have no parents. And, um, Adam was talking about how he always makes sure that he, his characters have like parents or at least one parent. And I was commenting the last two tabletop games I played, both of my characters were parents. Right. I had a half work, uh, barbarian that, you know, uh, his dad was an adventurer, had a bunch of kids, one in each city and, and would check in on him every once in a while, give him birthday presents, and then go back to adventuring. Oh, and so sweet. That's what, that's that, that's what that's what my that's what my half orcs, you know, his, his full blooded orc father did, and that's what he did for his kids, his his sixteen <laughs> kids. And then another character who, uh, um, you know, was had a family, and then mm-hmm. they got sick and died, and he you know joined the joined the church and went adventuring. Uh, but I think it's important to have a character that's not just. Uh, you know, springing fully formed from the head of Zeus and, and has a history before they enter the game. Yeah, I think that's really important, too. Um, it's always been one of my favorite things about uh, character creation. I mean, I'll tell you straight out, I am not uh, someone who likes to, to actually do the, the nuts and bolts building of characters. Um, the if, maths. Yeah, like, I, I like... I like I build my characters based on concept, which is mm-hmm. which annoys the heck out of some of my uh, more power gamer friends because <laughs> yeah. my characters sure. are not effective in in very many ways. But sure. but gosh darn, they have a good backstory. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when it comes to those... LARP, like I think it's really important. Like it's important in, in tabletop and stuff too. But in LARP, it's especially important because like you are immersing yourself in a world for an entire weekend. And just knowing, like, that your character, you know, hates orcs or, like, is, is scared of goblins because this happens. Like, it, it helps you to kind of react to the world. And it helps you mm-hmm. kind of develop uh, an MO on how you're going to, to operate in this, in right. this fake world. Because, you know, right. Angela in a skeleton mask is not super scary. But if your character, like, has right. had run-ins in the, the dead, you can be like, oh, my gosh. Angela in a skeleton mask is super scary because I am scared of skeletons. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Mm. But like, I, I kind of am a, a power gamer, but I, I sort of came into it from the other way. Like, I, you know, when I first started like role playing when I was like a, a teenager, I didn't create super complicated characters. Mm-hmm. But like, I start, I tend to start with like the character math and mechanics and and what their skills are. But then you can build a. a a backstory around that that either follows directly from the way the character works mechanically or mm-hmm. or subverts that like maybe they're really good at fighting but they're scared like they're a coward like right. y- and you can you, you can you can create nuance and and having like a well-designed character that that, that works well and and is effective as as a as a combatant or what whatever they're trying to be mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll often create characters that aren't good at combat they're good at something else yeah um <clears throat> diplomacy or 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 um, you know, lockpicking or whatever magic. What and um, but by ha- giving them a good backstory, it makes people want to interact with them and not be like, oh, that's the guy who just you know, just reads books or just does magic or just you know, you you keep him in a like in a padded room um, until you need him to kill something or right. or or hack something and then and then you let him out. Like if your character new has, character concept. Anyway, <laughs> has a, well, I mean that that could be a cool character, but like I don't think um, it, I don't, don't think it'd be a good PC character. Like I think it'd be a really no. cool like NPC. Yeah, but someone who's just like really super good at stuff, but has no people skills whatsoever. <laughs> um, but it's not necessarily about having people skills. Like you can create a get, great character built around someone who doesn't have people skills because of X and Y reasons. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to have an idea of who your character is beyond just numbers on a sheet of paper that you're carrying around yeah and if you like you know if you kind of look in the rule book that you know the game that you're a part of and you you kind of tie them into the world in various ways it kind of mm-hmm. makes you feel like you're more part of the world so when yeah and you know and you're like okay well i'm gonna say i'm from riverton and you know yep. i you know, know this about the the world and then an npc comes in or even a pc comes over and is, is like Oh hey, I'm I'm from Riverton. I'm this part of this noble family. Then automatically yep. you have a tie, you know, and you feel more yeah. part of the world in that way. Yeah, and Magister Staff is really good at doing that. Uh, if you if you put the stuff in your backstory, mm-hmm. they're really good at tying that in and making it actually matter and be important um, in the game. Right, and I think too, like so, this this 
this is a little bit less of an issue because we have pals, but not everybody mm-hmm. fills out pals. So, yeah. um, character backstories. Yeah, it'd be wonderful. I love it. Yeah, it really cool. helps your game, but that's a whole nother segment. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what your your backstory can do also is kind of because a lot of times when you're first coming into the game, we don't know anything about you, like nothing. Sure. And so it's like we don't know what you want out of the game and, and what you're looking for in your character. So and that like makes it hard to give you what exactly you want. like, you know, and, and a lot of times it takes us a good, a good solid chunk of time, like probably three or four games to actually get to know you and, and what you want. And like. I know that that can be frustrating for some people because they want to be involved in the sure. world right away. Um, and a, a good way to, to kind of help us to understand who you are and to introduce yourselves to us is to write other a character pals. backstory. Other than, you know, actually introducing is yeah. like, you know, to write a character backstory and tell us, like, what are your character's goals and hopes and dreams? Um, and just to, you know, just to, to kind of go along that line. Keep in mind that the, the goals and hopes and dreams that you might have when you first write your character history are going to change, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. especially if you're unfamiliar with Magistry. Like, there is just, like, Magistry is such a rich world that, like, yeah. once you find out more about what's going on and more of the stuff that we have involved, like, it's almost certainly going to change a little bit. But, yeah, it does it does help us to kind of learn more about what your character would like so that we can kind of include you in on the plots that we think match up with that. Yeah. And we can talk about this a little more later when we talk about NPCing, but like when I first started NPCing, I was just trying to learn the rules of the game, the nuts and bolts. And, but I kept like hearing little bits about the story and I'm like, wow, this sounds really cool. And so when I created Ribin Van Holt, I wanted to create a character that wanted to learn everything because I wanted to learn everything. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of really interesting stuff and even if you just like um if you get a tidbit of it or if you write a backstory like the the staff like when i wrote my backstory angela was like oh you're from killorn here's like a couple noble houses in killorn that you would know about um i wrote about like wanting to serve the king and she's like oh how about one of these other noble houses i'm like okay yeah sure that works that's <laughs> and and it, and it gave me gave both of us stuff to build off of yeah it was it was a it was a, you know it's a good foothold for everybody to kind of be able to, to jump into your character and to to further integrate you into the world. Um, yep. So that said, when you do write a character history, you know some uh, expectations that you should have uh, for your character history after you write it. And obviously, the first and easily most easily accessible thing is skill points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing we, wrong with more skill points. We offer 20 skill points for a for an approved character history. Mm-hmm. So that's super helpful. And like we just said, you know, staff acknowledgement, you de- definitely the staff is going to to read your character history. Um it's one of the the nicer things for in a lot of ways, you know, that you get to do um as permanent staff or as a plot writers that you get to see the creativity that people bring to our game and you mm-hmm. get to like kind of read their histories and be like, "Ooh, how can I integrate them?" <laughs> Let me give you my little horror story about okay. character histories and it's my this is something I did, not something that was submitted. Uh when I first started LARPing, uh my character <laughs> history. Now, in my defense, I was writing for two people. I was writing for me and my sister. Okay. But it was 17 pages long. Jeez. Yeah. It was 17 pages long. And I, like, I had no idea. Like, I had no idea that that was... I was like, oh, they're going to be so psyched about getting a really long and really detailed character history. Mm. <laughs> and now that I've been on staff for, like, a decade... Two pages, two pages is probably more than enough please no more than two three pages, pages is definitely more than enough <laughs> i i've dm'd games the mm-hmm. tabletop games of D and stuff like that and i'm like i want like one page i want like <laughs> one to two pages like yeah and that's not to say that like i don't appreciate people's writing because honestly, oh sure like, sure i do but especially like if in between but if games, like six new people are, are coming to a game and each of them has a 17 page backstory yeah it's 100 pages yeah it's a lot of reading um, that someone has to read and you know what actually people have done in the past that is really helpful is if you want to submit a longer character history then giving mm-hmm. us like a bullet pointed version of the important oh, sure. things like at the beginning yeah, that'd be cool. 
is cool. And then what we do is we submit, we put the whole thing in the database. So it's yeah. like, here's the short version. So other version. people writing plot for you can look at it later, but you've got something to work off of. Exactly. That's cool yeah. So like, yeah, if you want, if you feel like you're, you want to be a little bit more verbose, that's okay. Just give yeah. us a little I bit. I had of... someone for a, a D&D game that I was r- r- uh, running, mm-hmm. write a character history that was yeah I don't know if it was seventeen pages but it was it was really long now like as I was reading it I'm like this sounds like really familiar and I realized it was the Count of Monte Cristo and I was having a real hard time like reading his backstory the way he'd written it so like I just like circled the names of like the major NPCs and then pulled up the cliff notes for Count of Monte Cristo <laughs> and read that and I'm like oh okay I see what he's trying to do I can, okay I can work with that but oh man <laughs> his writing skills were not great and like the punctuation was really bad and I just ended up just like finding out what story he was Im- he was imitating looking for the cliff notes on that and that was the <laughs> easiest way to understand his backstory yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into that a little bit further down the line um about oh, yeah. about you know taking from from popular fiction and stuff but uh yeah so that's what you can expect from a from submitting your character history is that the staff is going to acknowledge it and you're going to get your skill points from it. And I, the reason I just wanted to put those expectations in there is because, you know, we don't... Character histories are not necessarily, like... Like, they're important to us for the reasons that we stated above. But it's, you know, if, you, if you're going to put, like, a, a, a strange shadowy creature in your back pass that is, you know, an arch enemy, that's cool, but it, it also may not resurface. And we, we'll up. probably try to. So... Mm-hmm. I guess I guess like what I'm trying to say, and maybe you can help me out with this. Is like, don't expect your don't, character history to dictate the plot right. that we write for your character. Like right. it, it might flavor the plot that we write, but it's not going to necessarily dictate. And like that shouldn't be an expectation because I have a yeah. lot of really awesome, amazing, creative people on staff, and uh, the best your character way to- background should be background for you. Yeah, exactly. It should, it should say where your character is coming from and describe stuff about your character. Mm-hmm. But you, you don't get to like dictate the direction that it's going after you start playing the game, and you sh- and you shouldn't because you, that should be part of the experience so of amazing at Majesty. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and and like once you start, like I thought I had a pretty good idea of what to expect playing majesty ribin thought he had a pretty good idea of what to because he'd read every single article of the messenger <laughs> and so had i but um like once i, I knew that one, like once because because i played other i hadn't played any other larps but I, you know i played role-playing games i know that like once uh you know once your feet hit the ground who knows what you're gonna what you're gonna get so and just if i can if i can use your character history as kind of an example like okay. you, you, you put some relatives in your character history that you know had yep. ties to various things, and honestly, yep. that that has only really come into play once in your storyline, right? And it was kind yeah. of tangential. Like they're like, you're like, hey, I went to go visit this person. I'm like, oh, this person yeah. knows your your uncle. Knows or my knows grandfather. Your, knows so, oh, that's cool. So it's like you know we we do try and do that, but it's certainly yeah. not dictating. And like, that's all, I, that's honestly, that's all I was really expecting from that. Like, I just wanted to be, oh, you knew my grandfather? That's cool. And I shared a few stories, and then I got to tell people that I met someone who knew my grandfather. And that's all I really wanted out, right. of, out of that. Um, and the, I wasn't really, I wasn't <clears throat> expecting that or mm-hmm. demanding that. I was just hoping that something like that would happen right. at that point. Although, Ribbon did just recently... <laughs> uh, uh, like write a letter home to his parents because he realized it's been three years and he hasn't told them what's going on. So <laughs> I'll be like, "Oh, sorry, I haven't called, mom." I'm not. Whoops. I'm not necessarily expecting like them to come and visit me, but like you know, I just I, like I just like this is something that he would do. Like say, "Oh, yeah. yeah, sorry, I haven't written in a long time, mom. I'm doing fine." Yeah, you know, that's that's really cool, and like I think that's I think that's important, and that kind of segues nicely into the important things to include in your backstory. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of those things is the names of people that are important to your character. I think that yeah. one of the things that I do most often when people submit a character history to me is I'm like, hey, this looks good, you know, um, if there are, you know, but could you send me important names of people in your character's lives, if there are any? And you don't yep. have to submit those. Like, you don't, if you're like, oh, my gosh, it took me forever to come up with my character's name. I don't want to come up with his family. You don't right. have to do that, but it, it helps us 
to be able to like possibly integrate your character in ways that maybe we couldn't before. Um, right. Yeah. Like I, I had described my characters and I described my, my father and my grandfather um, and what they had done. And I, and I named them, but I hadn't like named my mother. And you're like, Hey, you should probably come up with a name with your mother just because on the off chance that she comes into town, right. like the, the, her name is probably going to be the only way you're going to recognize it because who plays her is going to depend on, you know, who who's we have available. on staff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know that Sebastian had a, a plot recently where he had a character come in from oh, his yeah. past. Um, yeah. And the only way that we could reference that was by name. Um, yeah. And so, like, you know, just having the names of important people to your character, I think, is, is, is really helpful to us as staff. And it's certainly something that if you don't submit it, I will email you back and be like, hey, if you have important people, you should maybe send them to me. Yeah, I think it was, that was funny because Mike Falk played that character, and I wasn't there for it. But like, I heard that Sebastian said that I feel like my past is coming back to haunt me, and then Mike Falk, as that character, said, "I feel like my past is coming back to haunt me." <laughs> yeah, that it was that was a perfect characters, moment. Characters should be developed enough that like even the characters referenced in your backstory like can be characters that exist and have their own their own motivations like it helps to flesh out the world right and you don't need to it give helps, me a helps. family tree like back no. you know three generations but just the people that are like most in your your insular little group that are most important Well, if you have character. a family tree ribbon is interested in it for his, for his book. <laughs> fair enough you can you can tell it to ribbon <laughs> <laughs> not everybody's gonna find your family tree fascinating I mean, but. to be fair, like if you do want to, if you if you really are into your character's backstory and you want to submit a, a huge family tree, oh, sure. we, ha- we have had a couple of people that um, have submitted. Like, I, I definitely have at least two or three histories in the database that have over fifteen people named in their in their family trees. So, you know, feel free, but you don't have to. Just just the most insular ones are the best. Yeah. What else do you like to see in character histories? Uh, I do like to see things like the things that your character loves and hates. And that's not that, that that's helpful to the staff in, in a way, because then, you know, if you really hate goblins, we can if we're feeling particularly mm-hmm. sadistic on some night, we can just send out a horde of goblins and be like, oh, and by the way, this person really hates goblins. So, you know, <laughs> give them a hard time. But like we said above that. That's mostly to help you figure out how you want to re- relate and react to the world sure. around you. Um, and then just something else that's helpful is, like, what brought your character to wherever you're playing? Like, Yeah, that's something that um, I will always, like, ask a new uh, PC like there's something that Riven will always ask. So, what brings you to, to this area? Because Riven is, I'm generally curious, and I think it's a good way to start the conversation. A lot of people don't have a great answer for that, which I feel is kind of a shame because that'll give like that's something that other players are going to ask you, and yeah. if you have an answer to that, it can it can really help draw you in and and not get you uh, not get you sidelined, get you you know conversing with people about something like on your on your first game your first your very first interaction with it so yeah and if you're if you're kind of at a loss as to like why maybe your character's in town um we do have like the majestic messenger which is our newsletter um and we Mm -hmm. have that in blog form and we also have it in our archives and you know that's that's stuff that is open to the public like anybody on majestic can can you know have heard or read the the majestic messenger so if you're just like oh yeah Yeah. i saw this article in the majestic messenger i heard about this in the majestic messenger and i just wanted to come check out this area Hmm. um yeah we're not saying you have to like read every single article oh no 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 (laughs) some people did but um (laughs) well yeah if you just go back an issue or two and see like oh what's what's been happening in the area recently um yeah that'll give you a good idea for something that your character might have been interested in as they were passing through. Yeah, definitely. And then I guess the only other thing that, you know, is kind of helpful, but it's certainly not necessary is, uh, you know, if you, if you name areas where your character is from, especially if they're from the rule book, um, then that, that just allows us different ways. These are all different ways that the Mm -hmm. staff can use to tie your character in or to, to create connections. Yes. To characters, player characters, and non-player characters who already exist in the setting, exactly, and give you some guidance for creating new ones that will be of interest to to your character. Yeah, 
Uh, so that brings us to the things that we don't like to see in character histories. <laughs> um, and so the thing about magistry is that it is a an incredibly flexible system um, in regards mm-hmm. to character building and in regards to you know races and in regards to backgrounds. Um, sure. We really do like try and incorporate everybody's different ideas into our world. That's that's what makes magistry so amazing. Is like we all of the stories that people bring, we try and like incorporate them somehow. That said. There are some things that we, you know, will reject a character history for, or we will ask you to change. And I say, I, I say reject, but I don't actually mean that. Usually we're not going to say, no, you can't do this. We'll say, hey, how can we help you change this to fit our, our world? Sure. And, like, one of the first ones is uh, giving your character advantages over other players. And this is usually, you know, things like making your character a noble or giving them extra money or, you know... I don't know, saying they have, like, a, a stable of horses that they use in between events, you know. Um, <laughs> just just stuff like that. Like, we don't like to, to give people advantages over other players, right, you know, at the, at the onset. So if you do kind of put something in there, we'll be like, hey, maybe, maybe you're not from a noble family, but how about from, from an influential family or, you know. So that's, that's one of the, the things we, uh, we ask you to change. Um, and then, like you said, oh, Andy, we have had a lot of character histories that are directly, I guess not a lot. And in the grand scheme of character histories that I've read, I'd say that we've right. you know, it's not, it's not but a huge enough. percentage. More than enough. Yeah, we've had a couple that, that are, are directly taken from the Princess Bride. Um, yeah. There, I've had one that I didn't recognize because I've never read the Dune series. But, uh, oh. But when I sent you it never to read Scott. Dune? I've never read Dune. <laughs> I, I just, it's one of those stories I didn't know about until actually I started, like, dating But I've heard you Paul. reference, like, God Emperor, people looking like God Emperor of Dune when they're, like, just have their head poking out of a sleeping bag. That's because that's what Paul used to do, and I never, so when I first started okay. magistry, okay. Paul, Paul used to, like, get dressed up in his sleeping bag in the morning and just stick his <laughs> face out and just ride around okay. like a worm and say that he was the God okay. Emperor of Dune. Okay. I had no idea. <laughs> so I just said it a bunch. <laughs> Because um, <laughs> I thought it was funny, but yeah. So like, I didn't recognize the reference, but when Scott read it, he recognized it immediately, um, yeah. and was like, "Yeah, this is taken directly from Dune." Um, Dune's a really good story. It is a very good story, I guess. I, it's but, on my list to read, but I haven't read it yet. Oh, yeah. And on that note, like, we do whenever people send us character names. We do, like, just copy and paste them into Google, and just to make sure, because there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that we don't know about in the world, and, like, sure. you know, I don't play WoW, so I'm not going to know some of the, the big character histories in there. Yeah. And it's yeah. like... But if a quick Google search turns up this character name, yeah, maybe you should change it a little. And that's, you know, at the risk of sound, like, it's not because, like, we take ourselves, like, super seriously... But you're, if people we, recognize your character name, like if you're going to play, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, uh, the you know Dread Pirate Roberts, and you come sure. into you come into game and you're like, I'm the Dread Pirate Roberts, no one's going to want to take you seriously, you know. Right. And like, I think it's just everyone's going to find it inconceivable. Every a hundred and ten percent, that's true. Um, and so it's like we want to make sure that. Like, and it's also going to pull people out of game. Yeah, um, and have them making jokes like that. Right. So it's like, as much as we, you know, we don't want to, like, take ourselves, like, super, super, super seriously, we do want to right. keep the immersion in game. And and I will tell you, every single time that I have had to ask somebody to change their, their character name because it's, like, you know, a real-world name or it's, like, a, you know, noticeably fan, you know, um, well-known fantasy name or something sure whenever they come back and give me a different name it is like a hundred times better i'm like thank you this is perfect this yeah. is exactly what i want you know um so yeah just yeah i mean it's it's okay to use like tropes and shortcuts but if you if you dress it up a little bit make it make it your own that's that's what that's what it's really all about is making sure that you're investing something of yourself in it and yeah. not just 
using someone's ideas, someone else's ideas, but you're making those ideas right. your own. And like, for example, like it's, it's mostly names that just come up immediately and you're just like, oh, okay, well, I know who Van Helsing is. So maybe, yeah. maybe no, you're not going to be you know, Van Helsing, but, um, and it's one of my but least. Like when you're writing your backstory, could you like be like, my character's name is so-and-so and he's very similar to Van Helsing. And that could give the staff an idea of what your character is. Yeah, that's okay. Like, as long as you're not referencing that in-game, then that's perfectly yeah. fine. Um, and that does give us an idea of, like, where you kind of are looking for your character to go. Yeah, that's great. It's one of my least favorite things to have to do, to ask somebody to change their name or to, to ask mm-hmm. somebody to change their history because it's like, you know, I don't want people to be like, oh, oh she's upset at me or she's mad at me or they don't, yeah. they don't like what I've written. Um, and when in reality, we just want you to, to have a, as good a fit into the game as possible. Right. Um, so the other two things that, you know, we, we ask you not to put in your character history or whatever, we've already kind of mentioned. And that's, you know, writing your, your character's plot lines for us. Um, and that's, you know, giving us an idea of where you want your character to go is one thing. And that, that's cool. And, you know, we've, we've even had people be like, hey, this is a story that I think is really cool. And I'd like to see maybe incorporated into my history or to, into my storyline. And it's like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's really cool. We'll, we'll take that into consideration. Um, yeah. But like I said, we do have like a lot of really creative people on staff too, and they might see that and be like, "Ooh, sure. I have an idea for that," and be like, "I know how I can incorporate that into something that's already happening." Um, uh, so yeah, and then the last thing is, you know, please don't expect every aspect of your character history to come into game. Um, yeah, we have a lot of players, and we have a lot, you know, uh, and we we really do. How try many people and, do you have writing plot like right now or at any given time? Let's see, we have. I'd say we probably have like eight or nine people that are currently okay. writing. Plot. And how many PCs at at any given event? Like we have forty. <coughs> uh, well, honestly, like we probably have between fifty. Recently, we have between like fifty and sixty. Yeah, that's at true. Every, that's at every true. event. So, yeah. but there's there's a rotating. Like we have some people that are able to make it and some people that aren't. So like uh, we we probably have yeah. like a rotating. But that's a lot of different plots for even even eight or nine people to to have to juggle. Yeah, and to be able to include everything that everyone wants isn't really gonna. So we do. We do think uh, that personal plot is important, and we want to make sure that that people do get personal plot. But yeah, it it is it is very hard to juggle all of that. So you know, maybe not every aspect of your character history is going to come into game, but we are going to try and get you get you into involved personally into plots and stuff like that. Oh, well, I guess I had a lot to say about character histories. Oh geez, we're like thirty minutes in, aren't we? Yeah, well, that's all right. That's all right. But no, that's this is a good, good meaty topic. It is, and it's something that I personally really enjoy. Like I, I like reading people's character histories, um, and it, it, you know, it's it's one of those things that you're like, oh, this is so cool! I can't wait to write about this. Um, so it's 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 inspiring and it's helpful. I I like, you know, the fact that I can write up a character history and present it to you know, a GM at a tabletop game or a LARP, and then they'll come up with stuff that I didn't even think of for places for it to go yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, I like, I, I love the collaborative aspect of it. Um, if I didn't, I wouldn't be playing, I, I wouldn't be LARPing and, right. and playing role-playing games. I would just be writing stories by myself. But I lose motivation when I, when I do that. <laughs> I, you know, write part of something and I'm like, oh, I'm stuck. Um, and having other people to get you unstuck um, and get your 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 story moving again is really cool. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about a little bit more about that down at the you know when, when we talk about NPCs. But that's like one of my sure. favorite parts about NPCing and about being a plot writer is like how they play out in game and how the PCs kind of take what I've written and and go with it. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. Well, that's not how I was going to do it, but it is now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Well, shall we move on to our Monster Manifesto? Sure. So this week we're talking about, for our Monster Manifesto, the Ashenide, the uh, crazy uh, cultists who live in the Ashenide, Ashenide, the Evernight Forest... And worship the darkness therein. Yeah. 
what they're going to be doing now, I'm not entirely sure. The darkness is, was the Dark Stars, and they're... I don't think they're in the Avonite Forest anymore. I'm pretty sure they hopped out, so I'm not sure what's going to happen with the Ashenide now. Yeah, so the Ashenide are, at the risk of sounding pretentious, my baby. Um, they're oh, they're yeah. a creature that I kind of came up with, so I have a lot in my head about the Ashenide, yep. and I'm not sure how much of that is in-game right now. So why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit what you know about the okay, Ashenide, okay, okay. and I'll fill so, in where I can, and I'll fill in some gaps. <laughs> okay, all right. So the Ashenide are... Um, people mm-hmm. who were drawn to the Evernight Forest. They were a little bit out of their minds beforehand mm-hmm. and are a lot out of their minds now. They basically just open themselves up and let the darkness like fill them yeah. um, and give them something that they could fear and at the same time something that they could wrap their head around. Um, and they, some of them are are they're, they're all unstable, mentally unstable in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it manifests in different ways. Um, you can tell a little bit about them by the, the, the markings on them. They, they'll tend to dress in like black and white and gray. Institution and colors. Love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, they have uh, black stripes across their face. Um, the ones that are um, have vertical stripes are... Um, tend to be spellcasters and they're more like psychopaths or sociopaths that are can like pretend to to pass a little bit in um pretend pretend to be sane for a little bit but they're they're really not and then there's the, just the rave stark raving mad ones that tend to be more fightery and have uh horizontal lines across their faces and they're controlled by uh, i forget the number of dreamers Mm-hmm. It'll have like one vertical line and one horizontal line, and they're they're pretty pretty powerful people. But they'll will come out of the Ash Night Evernight and try to drag other people in and recruit them into the the Ashenide. Do you have anything you want to fill in on any of that? No, or? that's that's pretty good. I mean, there's a, a couple of other different kinds of Ashenide too. But if you don't know about them, I'll, oh, I'll uh... <laughs> I guess I, I guess not. Um, they the Dreamers control them and are themselves controlled i believe by the the darkness don't really know too much more about i might have some other stuff that i know but i don't i don't remember mm-hmm. off the top of my head but they there are ways to that they'll will try to control people with a thing called a minnow which is like a, like a like tattoo that they'll put on them that'll just like worm its way into their mind yeah i'm glad and, you know about that hooray <laughs> and and kind of take them over mm-hmm. um I think Jack had one. He was like trying to like be a like infiltrate them and had to had to do something with that. I don't know all the details about it, but he was sort of like he was trying to take the madness onto himself and cleanse their madness. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think he succeeded to some extent, although I'm not sure to what extent. Yeah, you'll have to ask Jack a little bit more about that in game. Yeah, um, I won't say yep. too too much about that, but that's fine. I just have to say, and I think it's really cool. There's a little side note that I don't think is going to ruin anything for anyone, but the minnow. Um, mm-hmm. I was really proud of that because I, I created a whole like written language for the Ashenide. Um, oh yeah, the written language. I was going to talk about that. Yeah, and they've got, it's like sort of like a phonetic. They don't care so much about spelling, but they've got their weird little like written language that um, someone in town, Solon, I think, was trying to decipher. Mm-hmm. And they write like like mostly through like finding like. Um, little slips of paper that said what letter represents what sound, and then. Um, deciphering their weird, dark, morbid poetry. <laughs> and they do have a lot of that. Um, yep. But the minnow specifically, I love it because it, you know, it's, it's written the, you know, phonetically to say minnow, but I also made it so that it looks like a fish. <laughs> so oh, yeah. the tattoo itself is supposed to, when you, it's supposed to look like a fish, like a little minnow. Huh. That's why it's called a minnow. Anyway, yep. I was proud of that. Look for it next time you see someone with a minnow on their head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I've seen them. The only times I've seen them have been briefly and in the dark. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah, because Ashenide are afraid of light. They yeah, live they in the don't really respond well to to direct sunlight. There's a couple Ashenide who've like had dealings with members of town, and there's Rusty who we're not entirely sure is an Ashenide <laughs> oh, um, or not. 
He just um, likes to be but he is certainly in a strangle-positive environment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. The, I think the, that's an exact quote from him, which exact quotes from him are kind of hard to pin down. Another thing that he said once was there was uh, some school, the Irvinshire Academy, which I think is where Galen went to school, was, like, taken over by Ashenide, mm-hmm. and Rusty was going to, like, sort of help us infiltrate there. And um, when Glenn mentioned it was the Irvinshire Academy, Rusty's like, huh, I almost had tenure there. <laughs> and they are like, oh, that, that explains a lot. <laughs> so yeah. like, sometimes people will crack, under the, crack under, the, under the pressure and become an Ashenite. I'm not exactly sure if Rusty's an Ashenite or not. Um, but... Um, I think that's the in way any case he don't turn it. your back on yeah don't don't turn your back on him <laughs> like even when even when he helps helps you out get into get into a mod when you're leaving the mod just make sure you're, you're leaving in pairs and and not turning your back Yeah, definitely so i think uh, a little tidbit that i'll throw in there about the ashenide is that um because they live in the Evernight and because that's where they come mm-hmm. from uh if you if you look back at different um newsletter articles over the last couple of years, you'll see that there have been several uh, breakouts from various asylums throughout Irvinshire. Um, um, mm-hmm. And over the, you know, over the course of the, la- you know, the, the 117 years that Elmerton was missing. So they, the Ashenide come from all sorts of different times and they've managed to wander their way into the Evernight at various times. And so the Ashenide that you're fighting currently could be 117 years old, or you know, from 117 years ago. Yeah, so are a bunch of people in, in Elmerton anyway. So. <laughs> oh, so that's not special at all. Oh. Yeah, it's not really all that special. <laughs> yeah, oh well, yeah, the Evernight, the Evernight Forest is yeah, it's like a, it's an area about 39 square miles, like 13 by 13 miles across ish, and then. 117 years long so (laughs) like which is a weird way to it's a weird way to express that but that's that's how it is like Mm -hmm. the Evernight Forest exists at various different points of time and um Pepin Morris once said that the whole thing was filling up with Ashenide which I think I mentioned in an Ask Ribbon thing and there's so there's a lot there's a lot of them in there yeah I feel like so there's a lot of um intricacies about the Ashenide that only come out with various interactions um, with different Ashenides, so I'm hesitant to kind of go into some of the things that I find really, really cool about them, because like, mm. I feel like it'll come out when you actually do interact with them. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, like, like Andy said, there's a, a couple of different kinds of them. They all are varying levels of mental instability. Different types I guess of insanity. To, to say it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, I, I was, I was thinking that this would be a little bit more fleshed out <laughs> than it ended up being, but I guess there's still a pretty, pretty much a, a pretty active creature in the world. So with, with a lot of yeah. mystery behind them. So maybe there'll be more to talk about later in the future when people figure it yeah, out. Yeah. If you know more about the Ashenide, please tell Ryan. Yeah, I guess, you know, people that have had a lot of direct interaction with the Ashenide include Jack. Um, yep. I guess you said Silver did too, although. Uh, Solon, I think. Oh, Solon. I don't think I said Silver. I might if I said Silver, I meant Solon. Okay, and yeah, I think that you could definitely ask about the different kinds of Ashenite, and I know that uh, Rularu has some interest in the Ashenite as well. Oh yeah. Well, I guess we'll take a, a break now to to talk to you about uh, our sponsor for today's show, and our show is brought to you today by. Fortune's Vanguard. Andy, you're a member of, or Ryben's a member of Fortune's Vanguard, right? Yes. Yep. I'm the chapter head. Majestins, do you need a way to... Okay. I have to go back. You're not the chapter head. You have a much more formal title. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't want to use that. (laughs) Alright, alright, alright. Sean came up with a title. It's it's a mouthful. and I don't even remember it. I've got enough titles. (laughs) All right. Uh, sorry, Fortune's Vanguard. We'll get your ad out. All right. <clears throat> Majestins, need a way to integrate yourselves into a new place? Having a hard time making contacts and meeting people? Fortune's Vanguard has dedicated themselves to helping you be a better and more informed citizen and an integral part of your community. Find your local Fortune's Vanguard chapter and inquire within for more information. Fortune's Vanguard. 
helping you find your fortune. Welcome to Ask Ribbon Anything. Disclaimer, the opinions expressed here are for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing legal advice. The opinions of Ribbon Van Holt are completely in character and may not reflect the opinions of Andy Doucette or Magister's staff and may be factually untrue. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome, especially when time travel is involved. Oh, hello there. I was just sitting here in the library, sipping this 12-year-old Turley's ire, while reading some of your letters. Some of you are asking some very personal questions. Uh, here's one. Volan asks, what is your favorite page in your big book of everything? An excellent question. While my favorite page in a good book is usually the table of contents, sadly this book currently lacks a complete and up-to-date one. I would have to say my favorite passage in this book of everything would be the article of the Majestic Messenger, Volume 6, Issue 1, that begins Elmerton's first day in Mongrella. I will admit that the first time I read this, I threw it down in frustration and was too angry and confused to pick it up for weeks. It took me several readings to begin to understand its contents, and even now that I, even now I discover new truths and connections when I stop and reread the passage. That is probably why it is now my favorite. Cragmore writes, What is your preferred quill and ink supplier, and what is your preferred model? Ah, well, yes, Cragmore. As you can imagine, I am quite the aficionado of good writing implements. Now, while I am fully capable of crafting my own, and generally do to cut down on costs when I have the time, there's something to be said for refined, exquisite craftsmanship. Now, most people swear by goose quills, and some tout the appeal of raven, owl, or eagle feathers. Goose quills are good, however, I prefer turkey quills, especially for the rough-and-tumble life of an on-the-road scholar. I find them more durable in my personal experience. I prefer my quills dyed black. I find it lends a distinctive, elegant appearance that holds up better to wear in stains than lighter colors. The quill shop in Riverton has quality inks available, or quills available, they have inks too, uh, and most are locally sourced when it comes to the quills. When it comes to ink, I typically use a charcoal emulsion that's derived from an old Van Holt family recipe. I've added a few alchemical flourishes myself to improve on the consistency and, st and stabilize the binding agent. Uh, it is cost-effective, good quality, and holds up well. I'll sell you some if you'd like. Uh, I'd honestly prefer it to any other ink that I've tried, with the exception of some Pyrosi ink I once acquired from an impish dealer in Tradegate. It's an excellent ink, comes in a variety of hues, and the price is high, but not completely unreasonable. I still have some for special occasions. I'm drawing a blank on the imp's name. Uh, in summary, my preferred quill for daily use is a black-dyed turkey quill, and my preferred ink is my own, my favorite ink for special occasions is the burgundy pyrosi ink. Uh, now, my dream quill would be either a metal-nibbed peacock quill or a quill made from a golden goose feather. Both are very expensive and highly impractical, but a scribe can dream. Next question. Is it true that you're illiterate and have been, and have been making up facts with the aid of your magic hat? A big gossip? What? No. I can read and cite facts with my hat off, thank you very much. And feel free to detect magic on my hat when I'm not wearing it. How many signatures do you have to have to have your name legally changed to Ribbon Van Hat, a hat enthusiast? Another joker talking about my hat? This is why I usually read the name of the letter writer first. Styles writes, What is the best question to ask Ribbon in Ask Ribbon Anything? Ah, thank you, Styles. How about a serious question that you actually want the answer to? Something not about hats. One that you think other people might actually care about. Like that question about quills. I'm sure a lot of people found that information useful. Well, that's all the patience I have for today. Thanks for your letters, and talk to you later. In our final segment, we're going to go a little bit behind the scenes and talk about, I mean, really the things that, that make the game happen. Mm -hmm. And those are our amazing rock star NPCs. Yeah. So many of you who have played a LARP or been to a LARP you know, know what an NPC is. They are non-player characters, so they are volunteers for the most part. And almost yeah, everyone on, on Magistry staff is, is a volunteer. Um, that spend their time, they come to the, to the game, to, to bring you monsters and family members and... Messengers. Messengers. Yeah. Kings. 
No bulls. Exactly. Um, goblins. All, all the thi- <laughs> goblins, too, yeah. All Trick the or treaters. That, that <laughs> yeah. They're, they're so good. I love the movies. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're all the people that, that kind of make it so that you have things to do in-game. They generally, for the most part, they, they come and spend the whole weekend with us. And uh, they are in and out and up and down the hill and back oh, and yeah. forth and on the ground and off the ground and running around um, and, and making, you know, making the game worth it to come to. So that's, that's basically what an NPC is. And I, and I have to say, like, man, Magistry, like, I, I know a lot of LARPs that have a lot of really amazing people and a lot of really good NPCs. Um, but I... Magistry's NPCs are really, really wonderful. Mm. Um, they are hardworking. They tolerate me, you know, <laughs> kicking them out the door every 10 minutes. Um, and they generally, for the most part, really have an interest in, in writing our storyline together with the PCs. Um, and that's something that we, that we emphasize a lot is that, you know, our NPCs aren't there to win magistrate they're not there to like drive players into the ground what they are there to do is to to write good stories and and to make what's happening out there into something that is really a lot of fun to be a part of and 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 that it's a lot of fun to to weave in and out with the pcs that are there yeah so yeah Yeah, pcs and npcs like like add their own personality and color to the to the story and without the npcs it would just be people just, you know, hanging around at the tavern and not doing anything. And the NPCs do a remarkable job of, you know, drawing people out, drawing the stories out, and exploring, you know, all of the aspects of, of Majesta that make it such an interesting place. Yeah. I guess this is a good place to kind of talk about the, the different kinds of NPCs that we have on staff. Um, sure. We do, there's like a couple of different kinds of NPCs. There's the plot writers. Um, and those are the people that will work with us, you know, in between games um, that are writing the stories, that are answering info requests, that are writing newsletter articles, and that are basically getting the game ready to run so that we have all sorts of stories to write during game. Um, and that includes people, like I said, like Dave and Scott and Johnny and uh, Mike Falk and Jeff Panaccio, Nick Donahue, Karen. All those people are, are part of the plot writers that you know really do work hard to, to get the stories into game. Uh, and then we have permanent NPCs, which are NPCs that come to every game that are there um, without fail and that you know are, are an, a part of the, the world, but maybe aren't you know into doing all the plot writing just yet, or they don't want it, you know they don't have time to do the plot writing. They just kind of want to be there to NPC, which is super helpful. Um, yep. we, we love our permanent NPCs. So and and it's it's great because people that that come back and that you know stay to to be permanent NPCs, uh, which was what you were when you were on staff. You were a permanent NPC. Yeah. Um, it wasn't so permanent, and, but. <laughs> well, I mean that's just the the yeah the that's the category yeah, like yeah. nomenclature 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 yeah yeah uh, is that we call them permanent staff, um, which just means that they're not temporary NPCs which are perhaps folks that, you know, especially if you're PCing, maybe you can't afford to, to come to the game or you can't, you can't, you know, you don't have time to come to the entire weekend, so, but you want to come and NPC Or you have really heavy while. makeup and it's cold and your face needs a break. Right. So we call those temp NPCs or temporary NPCs. Um, and so those are folks that are also super, super helpful. Like none of, none of these NPCs are any that we could really... Um, you know, want to do without, uh, because every, every, every kind of NPC is really helpful and integral to making the game work, um, as a whole. So those are like the three different kinds of NPCs. Um, and you know, we're always looking for any addition to any one of those sections. So, uh, if NPCing is something that you'd love to try out, you know, obviously feel free, just let us know. And, you know, we'll, we'll definitely accept you and love to have you there. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that I NPC'd first. Um, it certainly gives me an, an appreciation for everything that the NPCs are doing, like behind the scenes. Yeah. Like even when they're not, like the, the amount of effort that it takes to set up a mod, the amount of effort that it takes to to coordination that it takes to to write a plot and have everything go out at close to the same time, and you know the amount of effort that it takes to to cook dinner for sixty, mm-hmm. seventy people. 
it's it's a lot a lot of work going on behind the scenes and um it's a lot of fun it, like it it's like PCing it has its own rhythms of you know you've got some downtime more or less unless you're like you know one of, one of the plot writers <laughs> of the or the GMs you've got you've got some some downtime where where you're just sitting around chatting and you're not doing it in in character necessarily like the uh like the PCs are but there's like there's always stuff that you you can be doing if you're looking for something to do but you can still you know like take a break grab some water cigarette break yeah, or whatever yeah. but um it's it's a lot of fun and it's i think i think every pc should at least you know try doing a shift of of npcing like for part of the day uh like for the day sunday or for part of the day saturday or for you know saturday night and just to just to give it a try and see see uh see what that would what that's like and uh, what goes on and also you know it helps to um like it's cool to like have a break sometimes and, and, and hang out with some of the the, uh, the NPCs who are all really cool people um, who you don't really necessarily get a chance to hang out with if you're a PC. It is so helpful. Um, you know, one of the things that a lot of LARPs do have to kind of, you know, work through is is a, a shortage of NPCs. Um, sure. And it's, it's always something. I, I like to think it's because we run a good game that everyone wants to play it. And <laughs> you Yeah, know. yeah. Uh, but, you know, we do we do always you know need some npcs especially like yeah saturday nights or sunday mornings like those are those are times when our npcs have just been going all weekend and they just are on their last legs and i I can't really inject any more caffeine into them without like worrying about overdosing (laughs) yeah um so yeah like if you're if you're pcing and you are just like you know i'd like to go just go take a shift of NPCing. Yeah, please come up. And I, I would just say come up and just yeah. check and just say, "Hey, yeah. can I come up in NPC?" And yeah, we yeah, as long as we're not in the process of sending out a plot for you at that instant, specifically for you, yeah. <laughs> then yeah, I'm sure we'd love to have you. But yeah, like so yeah, think about that the next time that you're uh you, if you're PCing, if you're PC and you're, you're like sitting around and like, "Oh man, nothing's really happening." Like, hmm, maybe nothing's happening because they don't have any NPCs to to send out. <laughs> Like most of the time, like you know, the pacing and the plot is is really good. But like, think about that. Like, you're you might be having downtime because they don't have any NPCs, or because the NPCs are getting ready for something. So, be NPCing gives you another perspective for what's going on, and uh, you know, more appreciation for 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 what they do. And we also offer folks who do come up in an NPC when they're PCing, like silver pieces and sometimes brownie points and stuff, because oh, yeah, yeah. we super yeah. appreciate it. So. Yeah. There's that yeah, too. Yeah, because you are paying for the weekend, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and just plus, just plus plus the food. Oh yeah, that's those true. breakfast sandwiches are really good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and also like if people are a little bit hesitant about like they're like oh I'm not sure if I'll enjoy the weekend. A lot of times we get can I just try it out? Can I just like come and watch? And it's like okay. Yeah, yeah. I started NPCing first. I wanted to like I didn't want to necessarily spend you know a whole bunch of money for the for the weekend if I wasn't sure if I was going to like it but NPCing is a great way to to try that I'm like well I'll you know NPC I'll, I'll come up like actually I don't think I was planning on leaving early but I, I knew that I could without like you know having to you know drag everything out of a cabin that was right you know in in game um but like yeah if you can only make it for like the day Saturday uh why not why not consider NPCing yeah um, and- if you just want to try try it out and see if you're going to like uh, like LARPing, or if you have some friends who are like, you know, maybe consider getting them to to NPC, see if they want to do that. Right. And even if you even if you are a PC, just be like, all right, let's I'll, I'll NPC with you when you come for the day Saturday, and then PC the rest of your time, or or just PC NPC the whole weekend. Absolutely. With your with your with your buddies who haven't been been LARPing. And yet. worst case scenario, if they end up like not wanting to go out and role play like there are a bunch of things that we can do behind the scenes yeah so like if they're just like i'm not sure i want to go out and actually do the role play aspect be like cool well if you just want to come hang out with some neat people and like help build mods or stuff like that then yeah i mean we we definitely have a lot of behind the scenes jobs that don't require you to go out and role play if you don't want to or cook or set up mods or do all kinds of different other stuff absolutely so yeah i guess that kind of covers you know why why to npc so these days, I don't like PCing as much as I like NPCing, and I know that's just a personal preference, and a lot of people feel mm-hmm. exactly the opposite. But reasons to NPC are obviously to help, 
you know that's that's a if you're you know part of the game already and you're just like yeah i just it's a it's a huge help if we do have npcs it it I've one game recently we had so many NPCs and I was like I can send out like three different plots at once it's amazing <laughs> it was it was wonderful um, nice and also like NPCing is a good way to do uh, some storytelling of your own if you really like to to kind of create scenarios and you like to to be a part of a, a world and to to kind of put your your own print on the world yeah. NPCing is such a good way to do that and I think that one of the greatest things about uh, our staff and about our game is that we almost never have to reject people's ideas. We might have to change them and we might yeah. have to kind of mold them into into an idea that kind of fits in our world but like yeah bring us your ideas um, It's a lot of yes and it, it is a lot of yes and it's it's I think it's great so cool. yeah I guess like so what should NPC? What should you expect when you're when you're NPCing? Like what? Like in gen, what's what is what is a day day for an NPC look like? <laughs> All right. So uh, NPCs can expect to do a lot of moving. Um, yep. And at the new like at at Chesterfield, you know, we had that hill that you yeah. know, NPCs, you know, up kind and of down have the to hill. worry about up yeah. and down the hill. But NPCs can expect to to do a lot of fighting. Mm-hmm. Because we do, you know, have a lot of crunchies out there. But, you know, one of one of our NPCs, Karen, always says that, like, her perfect weekend is, like, a third crunching, yeah. a third role-playing, and then... I forget what she says. <laughs> I forget third what the is. third is. <laughs> uh, Fighting. No, no, that's crunching. Yeah. No. Fighting? Uh, Fighting? I don't remember. No. Okay. But anyway, we do try and make sure that everybody who comes to NPC for us does have the opportunity to do fighting and to do some role-playing things um, if they want to. That's, you know, fighting, if you're, if you're coming to NPC, you can expect to do fighting. Yep. If you're, if you don't, but you don't have to, you know, role-play if you're uncomfortable with that. And then... But there are some NPCs who, who don't don't want to do the fighting, and there's, there's, there's plenty of that role-playing stuff to go around, but like a good, like a good, it's easy to achieve a good mix of, like, fighting and role-playing and setting up the mods or other stuff like that um if like you do get tired and if you do get like you're like oh i I just can't go out right now um we'll be like all right well go hang out in the npc lounge and then when you're ready to come back just come let us know that you're that you're back we do have a lot of stories that we like to get out there so there is a a a whole lot of movement and i generally see like if, if people are in the kitchen or in the area where I'm working, and I'm like, oh, you're here, that means you want to work, yep. I will definitely be coming up to you and be like, hey, what do you want to go fight? Would you like to crunch? Hey, I've got this plot here. Would you like to go role play? Um, so it's definitely a lot of movement. But also, and see, this is something that I think is so, is so great. Like, NPCing is so much fun. And it, it really is like a different community than PCing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just remember, like, you guys have inside jokes that none of the NPCs know about. Yeah. Um, yep. But NPCs have like inside jokes that none of the PCs know about. Uh, and for example, like most of my NPCs, if I talked about the inside out, upside down starfish, would know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, NPCing is a lot of fun, and you, you're you're going to expect to do a lot of work. But I think it's also you're going to expect to like get to know a lot of really amazing people. Um, you're, you're going to do a lot of like behind the scenes role playing that just cracks you up to mm-hmm. no end and you'll expect to get fed a lot because <laughs> yep. we do feed our NPCs. Lots of um, costume changes too. Oh yeah. Lots of costume and makeup changes. That's actually a really good point. We do, most of our masks are latex. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a latex allergy, just let us know and we, you know, we'll find some other way to do that. Um, most of our makeup is like the cream tube makeup. Um, so we haven't had a whole lot of people that have had a problem with the makeup. Um, every now and again, we do get folks who are like, oh, that, that makes me break out or that you know gives me a rash or something. Hmm. But I think I can only think of like two or three people that um, that that's been a problem for. So, yeah, if like if you if you come to NPC and you know that you can't wear latex or you know that you're not good with specific makeup, maybe try and bring makeup that you are able to wear with you because we do have a lot of like makeup heavy characters and stuff like that that we wouldn't want you to miss out on just you know because um you know our makeup isn't the, the isn't what you are able to wear sure so that that's stuff to to think about like a lot of people some people um have like a lot like 
have and bring um, as NPCs a lot of different costumes and and enjoy the opportunity to 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 wear some of those different costumes and build characters around them. Um, oh, I know yeah. Jeff Panaccio has like a like has like a whole like clothing rack of costumes yeah, that he so does Karen and Karen <laughs> yeah and then and yeah so like if if you're some people don't want to be the same character the whole weekend and NBC gives you a great opportunity to change up uh, what character you are and uh, and build characters around costumes like stuff that you already own um, yeah definitely. Uh, we, we've definitely had NPCs that have been like, hey, I have this costume piece. What can I play? Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh, that's really cool. Let's see. What, what can we put you in? And then this? you've got like a team of like half a dozen minds that are like, oh, let's, 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 let's build something around this. Let's <laughs> and brainstorming. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that that's a, a pretty good summary of, of what to expect at, at Magistry Weekend. And yeah, I think I think one of the most important things is, is just to kind of let us know that you'll be there. And even if it's only for a few hours, even if it's just for a day or if yeah. it's for the whole weekend, just letting us know that you'll be there allows us to do a lot more planning and allows us to write our plots in such a way that we can make sure we're like, oh, we'll have we'll have twenty five NPCs at this time of day. That's awesome. We can send yeah. out a big battle. Like yeah. or be like, Oh, we'll only have we're we're down to like twelve here, so let's let's try and do some of this stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just letting us know, and you can do that by emailing npc at magistry.com and just saying, hey, this is the time so I'll be there. Cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations, everyone. You just spent what looks like almost (laughs) an hour listening to us jibber-jab about magistry. So yay. Uh, Thanks for listening. Yeah. I had a good time, though, Andy. That was a good conversation. Yeah. Thank you to our anonymous listeners, as well as Nate Carr, Kaza Irisman, and Sam Wagner, for submitting questions for Ribbon to answer. Uh, thank you to Alex Babian for suggesting the topic for our monster manifesto. And thanks again to Sam Rochford for writing our theme music. Uh, you can find more of her music at facebook.com forward slash Sam Rochford Music. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Introducing the magistry. Come ask Ryben anything. Be a bridge between the games. People don't understand it. They say I'm too old to believe in magic. The only limit is what you can't imagine. So come and listen, la 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 la. So come and listen, la 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 la. This podcast has been a production of Magistry, copyright P Double Games. You can find more information about our LARP at magistry.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash magistry. If you have comments, suggestions, feedback, or questions, you can email us at themagistream at magistry.com.